0: hey hello diana oh my god it's been so long (laughs) i know how are you i'm good today was actually like a pretty good um day i had last week off because i was feeling I i gave myself vacation last week because i was feeling very unmotivated and unproductive um and yeah and today i was like pretty chill i like really kept it cool like um I made an intention to like move towards progress today uh, rather than just caring about results um like yeah so last week I was like totally off and then on the weekend I went on a hike uh like on Sunday I like went on a really long seven mile hike like in at Mount Diablo and so I got in like a few like meaningful activities And, uh, yeah, I feel very rejuvenated. I'm at home now, um, and so I got to have dinner with my family, too. So, just feeling very grateful for today. Um,
1: yeah, really, really chill. Yeah, what about you? Um, I've just been working because it's busy season, so I feel like even the past weekends, I haven't really gotten room to breathe, but... It's been a lot better, um, like, today. I honestly was in bed all day, and I <laughs> I didn't really do much. I sent, like, a couple emails, but, um, yeah, I think it's been a lot better for me, so, yeah. Yeah. I kind of, like, I know this industry is what it is, so I'm kind of done with complaining about it, because I'm just getting used to it
0: yeah you're like um like you know it's your accounting life but you only have a couple more days right until taxes are all due (laughs) um
1: well technically that's for individual tax which Mm -hmm. i don't um prepare i i do business tax so the timelines are a lot different so i think around may i'll be a lot freer Mm -hmm. um yeah oh my god okay let's go go Diana get it
0: (laughs) put in those days screams (laughs) um (laughs) yeah but lately like um the thing that I wanted to talk about today was like earlier um my uh uncle was like we chatting my mom um, and I don't know what do you like think about kind of like your family tree like I don't know like for me I feel like I was just really like I feel like I was like so uninterested in what I was doing like I was just like you know working and like it was very chill but then like I was listening to my mom talk to my uncle about my great great grandfather who was an herbal doctor um in san francisco and i'm looking at his advertisement in the newspapers like right now and this was literally in like 1906 so he was an herb doctor and he was like really really rich like straight up and eventually what happened like why my family is not rich now is because when he died like all of his property was given to the government and um i think like the Chinese foundations in Chinatown Mm -hmm. and so like a lot of our family's wealth or or just like from this one guy uh, was just lost because um, like people who are descendants like my grandmother like my great aunt she didn't know how to do like legal stuff and so every time my parents talk about it my dad's like ah so stupid they should have done something (laughs) or they should have kept it Um, but yeah I just like I had never thought about my family as having history in the U.S. or like ever and I don't know today like I was like so like immersed I was just really interested in it um like I was literally like looking up like uh I don't know it was I never really thought that like Chinese medicine was legit but i i feel like that's only because i grew up in the u.s like and i had i have no i don't know who to believe right because then there's like western medicine that's just like you know straight up big pharma you know and then like uh i guess eastern medicine they don't really recognize mental health as a thing like i was talking to my mom today about it i was like oh like are there any herbal remedies for something like depression or anxiety um and she was like no like the Chinese it's like mostly about the body and like um and yeah so I thought that was just really interesting like I I was trying to find more things I could find about him and uh there was one article that was about his daughter who was trying to go to a school in San Francisco that was a white school and they denied her, but they wrote a article about this on the in the newspaper, and so that was like how rich they were, I guess. Like it was basically like talking about like, uh, please excuse my language, but they were like, oh, this like little Oriental was trying to go to the white school, and she was crying because uh, she had to go back to school where the brown skinned people are. Uh, just like them and I was like oh my god like this is wild like well first of all seeing like someone that was even relatively related to me being called like referred to as an oriental on the newspaper like really made it real for me I was like wow like there's it's so strange it it was such a feeling of like not never knowing your roots and then like uh, growing up I never understood that I was like why do I know nothing about my family Like, why does it feel like everyone, like, I guess, white people know about their family and like, why are things passed down like this? And for me, I never felt this way. I never felt like I knew anything. And um, I was talking to my parents about it at dinner today. And my dad was like, you can start with me, like how uh, like my father immigrated from China and then I was born here. And uh, maybe (laughs) we can keep something for the generations that come after. Um, But yeah i just thought that was really cool and today i feel like happy because i connected with my identity a little more in my family um and i feel like it's just something that uh is very encapsulating like i I just never felt i was like once i got once i got the phone from my uncle i was like uncle jason like tell me more like send me every single document you have um about like dr wong him and uh yeah he was just like it's important for our kids to know that um our family wasn't just full of villagers and like common people like we also had our descendants of like people who had done great things and that were not just um i guess there he was in his mind um he's really like uh, passionate about like making money and like in america like he has two rental like he has two houses and i think he's retired now so he's just really um my uncle jason is really passionate about like succeeding in the country financially and uh, having honor in the family and so i really love that i really appreciate that about him he was actually the first person who opened my opened a bank account for me and he put in some money Uh there too yeah so it's just like uh yeah i wanted to share that story because i thought how special it is to learn something about my family that I had never learned about. And, um, yeah. And like, I'm just thinking about like how many other Asian Americans, like don't know like this about their families or like, um, have no idea. And I don't know. I just felt really lucky to, to Mm -hmm. like even have this information today.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. I think, um, actually that story for some reason, I it reminds me of more of, like, the Black community, um, how a lot of um, Black folks, they don't, you know, know their family lineage because they were literally stolen from their own land yeah. and robbed of that family history and that heritage and culture. Um, so, yeah, that's really beautiful. And I think it's, yeah, really, like an amazing privilege and honor to learn you know a piece of that history and um yeah because just back in the day record keeping was even hard you know um Mm -hmm. and especially for people of color to even have an article even though it was a derogatory article but to have that like still like exist somewhere and you found that on the internet is Mind blowing, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and because there was no representation back then, like now there's so many articles, you know, about API hate and all of that. But yeah, back in the day, um, I can't even fathom what that was like.
0: Yeah, I mean, it uses words like "little Oriental" and "like almond-eyed" to describe oh his my daughter. Gosh. I was like oh my fucking god like oh like ew 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 Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) and it's just also really interesting to see you know macro level sociopolitics impacting lives of individuals I always think about that like everything going on politically that's what we read in history textbooks right and Um, the only piece of information we really have access to but to listen to these stories of people who lived during those times and um, yeah the humanized aspect of it is really beautiful Um, like me hearing stories of my dad or his parents living through the cultural revolution and under Mao's communism and um, and my dad's side were actually descendants of um, the royal family in the Qing dynasty. So we're actually, we are Manchurian, so um, we have like Jurchin blood. It's like very closely related to the mongolians like northern um, nomadic people and yeah and they used to actually live in the palace the forbidden palace in beijing and um it's really interesting to hear that part of my family lineage lineage and learn about it and i mean there's thousands of films out there there's um it's in the history textbooks, but yeah, it's super cool to learn that um, we're related to them. <laughs> wait, wait. So your wait, wait, wait. So your parents told you, like, hey, Dinah,
0: like, you know, uh, our our ancestors were
1: Qing Dynasty, fish. <laughs> well, my my mom is Han, so like ninety mm-hmm. percent of the Chinese population is comprised of the han ethnic group um but there are around 56 i believe ethnic that are mm-hmm. chinese um but they're comprised of like tibetans Uyghur people uh, manchurian um and so yeah my dad's side yeah my dad he's always been passionate he's like a history buff like a chinese history buff they watch so many um oh no it disconnected oh wait i still hear you oh okay it's saying it's trying to reconnect but yeah like growing up i watched and like all of those um, oh i don't think i've seen that But basically, the uh, quintessential Manchurian people, the ruling class. You know, I mean, in American propaganda in the 18 and 1900s, it's the caricatures of Chinese men drawn with, you know, the half shaped head and the long braids. Those were called Mm -hmm. cues, and. Manchurian people wore that hairstyle it was a Manchu um hairstyle which uh was normalized during the Qing dynasty where all the commoners also had to shave their heads to um prove their loyalty to the monarchy right and so Mm. that became a part of Chinese culture and so when people immigrated here um yeah they were made fun of for that hairstyle and it was a disgrace for men to cut their hair short it was like a pride for men to have that braided hairstyle but in order to integrate and assimilate into American culture they had to grow back their hair and cut the ponytail or the braid so yeah yeah it's really interesting um I don't know I don't know if my family had um, like in my knowledge my parents were the first generation to come immigrate to America I don't know if like any of my great grandmothers or grandfathers were ever here Um, but I mean honestly if they were you know the ruling class i think back in the day um a lot of you know uh the spaniards or like the british um would commonly come to cheng court and so i wouldn't be surprised if um you know the royal family sent their children off to study in france or study in portugal um in other countries so yeah maybe i do have you know a distant cousin or something that <laughs> like came to america back in the 1800s oh. um, i mean like, this my question is just like
0: i'm just like appalled like that's like so old you know like 1800s but like i think like chinese people have been like uh traveling for ever You know, like I wouldn't be surprised if one of your family members was once here too. Um.
1: Yeah, especially when the ruling class was overthrown by the Republic of China or like the Republic Party that was led by Sun zong San. (laughs) If you know, he's a Canton speaker. I I mean, wasn't he the guy who like led Taiwan? No, no. that is Chiang Kai-shek. That's a different one. That was a little (laughs) after him. But I think he was, like, one of his disciples or something.
0: Yeah, and Um. Sun Yat-sen, he, like... I mean, like, he... It sounds very familiar. He's from Hong
1: Kong, yeah.
0: Yeah, it sounds really familiar. Um... Yeah. Damn. No, there's so much Chinese history I don't know about. Like, I I, I knew something about the, the hairstyles. Very, very, um... Like mildly from looking at the portrayal of them in America, when it was like really racist and people were like cutting them off and stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember reading about that, but I didn't. Yeah, but I didn't know it was like um, I guess something that was showing uh, loyalty to like the dynasty, mm-hmm. like that. Like that was an honor, but um, yeah. Ugh. Can you imagine? There's just so many historical facts that we don't know. Like, we should know these from the back of our hand. You know, these are our mm-hmm. people.
1: The chi um style dress is also from the Qing dynasty. Like, before mm-hmm. the other dynastic periods, it was a different type of uh, garment. Like, a different design. Mm-hmm. So... Uh-huh. the Pao is actually like it's um it folds over and it has those little buttons um, yeah yeah so that is also representative of the chain court and that was what they wore too and a lot of people who immigrated to america from i think yeah i think as early as the Qing Dynasty, because in the 1800s, there was a Chinese Exclusion Act, right? So Mm -hmm. after that, um, when people started immigrating over, they were wearing clothes from their motherland. And I think that was the dress and the, I mean, men had the fold-over style too. Um, and yeah those were the clothes that our ancestors came to america in and i'm sure they had to you know change into anglo-saxon like styled suits and dresses yeah
0: i mean oh i mean like for (laughs) Qi pao like the first time i ever wore one was when i was in china and, like, I was a baby. I was a kid. And so we bought one. I think my grandma. I don't even know who got it for us. But we ha- it was really cute. I actually have a picture of it. When I was looking at the picture of me in a cheap house for the first time in my life with my sister. And, I don't know, I just, we're so cute. And I can't mm-hmm. wait to one day get married and wear one.
1: <laughs> yeah, for the tea ceremony part.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. I, yeah, I loved Oh, gosh, I I used to have one too. I think my parents bought it from Chinatown, and it was pink. And I, uh-huh. my favorite anime character growing up was Sakura from Naruto, and her dress kind of looked like a cheapo. Um, so I would wear it to sleep, thinking like oh. I was her, and I was like, I never <laughs> wanted to take it off. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It does kind of look like a cheap hat. Like it's kind of got like a fold. Yeah. On it. Yeah, it's got like the collar kind of. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, you watched Naruto? (gasps) No,
0: no, no. I'm searching it right now. I did not watch. (laughs) I I was okay as a kid. I Mm. never like went into Naruto. Like I I, like the only thing I was into was like Pokemon, Mm -hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, I was really into Yu-Gi-Oh, but I never got into Naruto, I was really, really into
1: Yu-Gi-Oh. I fucking (laughs)
0: loved (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh.
1: Dude, anime was my childhood, because, like, my parents were never home, right? So I would just, they would leave me at home, but I was around, like, I mean, like, fourth or fifth grade. So I would be at home all day, especially during the summers, because, um there wouldn't be school. So I would just put in the bootleg DVDs um, that you get from China and there would be Chinese subtitles. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I didn't even know how to read all the Chinese characters and it was like subbed. So it wasn't, I mean, some of them were Chinese dubbed, but some of them were straight up in Japanese so I would just like try to read the Chinese characters subtitles and guess what was going on because I couldn't really read all of it (laughs) that was like my only companion growing up Um, yeah because my parents were never really home I feel like like
0: we're going through this period of just like i don't know for me i feel like before um aapi hate has become a headline across the world or i guess in the u.s um before this i always felt like asian american history and like chinese history was interesting but it wasn't enough for me to like dive into it like even though these literally are origins i don't understand why i didn't find it more interesting but Now that I think of it, I think it was a level of like thinking that white people history is like better or like more accurate or like, you know, just like this default. Because like, you know, in school, you're just reading everything that's like from an American point of view. Mm -hmm. And so like I just never like was exposed to these like stories and like people, dynasties, all these things. And like, you know, even in like the Asian art museum. In San Francisco it doesn't feel authentic it, it feels like it has been seen through the lens of a white person right mm-hmm. so I don't know I, I I kind of feel like I was robbed of this experience of like growing up and like learning about my family and like I felt like I was ashamed of being Asian about Chinese so I'm like I don't want to learn about it I was like oh I'm an ABC you know, I'm American, <laughs> but there there's still the sea part. Right. And like, I don't know, I think with everything going on and like kind of the aftermath of what happened in Atlanta, I just. Well, first of all, my 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 dad earlier today was like, um, oh, don't go to Fusco alone. I'll go with you, you know, because with me it's better. Because they'd be attacking Asian women out there, you know? And I was like, oh, fuck, you're so right. But, like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to have to, like, fear for my safety. Um, But I feel like uh, now I'm, like, both um, having this resurgence of radical, like, research of radical, uh, like, this idea that I pushed away, um, like, my interests in... Chinese culture and history because of where I grew up. And then now I'm like, no, fuck that. Like, fuck you guys. Like, all of this was like bullshit. And I really want to learn about the history of my people. And, like, you know, I never felt like that was a word that I could use, like my people. But then now I'm like, yeah, this is totally what happened. And this was what it was. And, um, I just wonder if this is happening for other Asian Americans too so if you you know like if you if you are listening to this and you are thinking about history and your family and Asian American heritage this is for you
1: (laughs) yeah I think I'm so happy to hear that because I I see like Gen Z has coined this new term called boba liberals and (laughs) <laughs> I kind of have like a vague grasp of what it is, but I feel like, in my opinion, a lot of people they grasp onto, you know, Asian Americanness, right? And to like to them, it means boba or like <laughs> anime or like you know all of these modern um, pop culture um, quintessential. Asian pop culture elements, but there is so much more to that. Like, uh, yeah, learn about the history of your people. And, um, China has thousands of years of history, you know, America only has like a couple hundred years, 200, yeah, so (laughs) exactly. So it's so interesting that, like our ancestors when they immigrated here they were seen as backwards uncivilized um you know just because they couldn't speak the language or the our culture was so different but it's definitely like xenophobia and racism but like we are i don't know we have thousands of more years of culture and civilization and it's so rich, you know, the different dynastic eras, the art that was born from those periods, and our own economic systems and currencies that we came up with. Um, Yeah, like, we're so much more ahead. Like, have y'all been to Shanghai? (laughs) Like, metropolitan cities in China? We're literally living in the future. Like, but I don't know, every time I see, like, TikTok comments in on these videos of, you know, peop- videos of Shanghai or, like, Beijing, all I can see is the xenophobia, like, people saying, oh my god, look at the pollution, that's all you can see out the window, when it's literally a $3 million apartment in question, and the view is, like, beautiful, like, you can see the whole cityscape of Beijing, and so, yeah, I think... I don't know. The xenophobia is so ugly. <laughs> yeah, I have
0: like, internalized xenophobia of my own people.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? my God. I
0: hate this. Dude, I literally hate this. I hate this part of being Asian American. Like, I feel like I, when I was a kid, I noticed it in a lot of people. And I feel like this is also why so many ABCs hate Chinese school. Because as a kid, you're like, I don't want to learn Chinese. It's not cool. Like, well, I just, I just want to go eat grilled cheeses and my Cheez-Its and watch SpongeBob and, you know, um, but, and my parents were always like, you'll thank me later, and I was like, you're, you're kind of <laughs> right. I do, I do thank you now. I, I, I mean, I kind of didn't thank you before, but now, of course, like, I feel grateful that I learned how to speak Chinese and. Yeah. Uh, yeah like it's a huge it's a huge they would say it's a huge advantage but I don't think that it's an advantage I think that it's like an honor to learn like Chinese so mm-hmm. uh, yeah um, and also one thing I was thinking about when you said like Boba liberals I mean, mm-hmm. I don't I have never really encountered this like phrase because I'm not on TikTok even though um, I've like considered it a lot I think I'll just try it because I've had this conversation with multiple friends now I'm just like "Hmm, maybe I will Um, there
1: is a wealth of knowledge (laughs) and information on TikTok honestly yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) exactly
1: Um, so yeah I was just thinking about how like
0: boba liberals the idea it's like a like I can't there's no such thing as like boba liberal I feel like liberals all I think about is like white people and then for boba like it's like like that's just kind of what we what we want to drink (laughs) I don't know like I don't know how to explain it but like I I don't know anyone that's like a boba liberal but like maybe um, yeah I can't really I don't think I've encountered people like that but I do know the feeling of like uh, Asian Americans like um, not seeing the whole side of the picture like only seeing um, Asians being attacked and not seeing how this fits into the larger narrative of white Mm -hmm. supremacy Um, and I think at that point that's my filter of like whether or not I take anything seriously or not like if if you're like like if people are talking about something that's not addressing the whole the the real problem uh, like even my parents know like my parents understand white supremacy like they even they understand it so it's like uh, online if they don't understand it I cannot Engage in discourse because they're not they they haven't
1: reached that understanding,
0: you know. Mm. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I also think there's a phenomenon now um, where, in terms of like the Asian community and Asian culture and Asianness, um, because a lot of like white people have started to embrace elements of Asian culture. Now it's all of a sudden become cool and trendy. And so Asian Americans, like, I guess, Boba liberals, uh, however you want to call them, they kind of use those elements to, like, I don't know, like, accentuate them, like, but it's just our culture isn't all just about boba or like anime or I know it's Um, K-pop
0: you know it's like like trying to dilute all of Asian American pride into just these things they're just Mm -hmm. things they're not like values and like history and pride Um, it's just things just consumption that's capitalism baby
1: (laughs) yeah and like the whole fox eye trend like Oh, I have not seen that. Is there a
0: trend going on?
1: (laughs) Well, I feel like it's just a plastic surgery procedure where people lift the corners of their um, eyes Uh to make them look more exotic and quote-unquote exotic and um, racially ambiguous. Mm. Uh, Yeah, and... You see that in, like, celebrities, Hollywood. I Back then, there was a trend on TikTok where, like, girls would kind of lift the corners of their eyes with their hands in pictures, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of people called them out to be, like, that's kind of racist because back in the day, Asian immigrants were literally, like, that is a derogatory, like, racial sign, you know, when people go like the, yeah I <laughs> through, through <laughs> the podcast but so they would just like lift the corners of their eyes and be like throwing racial slurs like chink or like you know you, your eyes are so small they're like slits things like that so mm-hmm. but now it's like trendy because you look more quote unquote racially ambiguous and exotic and a lot of people are going more for, like, a South Asian eye look um, with, like, more of the upturned eyes. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. This is terrible.
0: <laughs> so, I'm not a fan of plastic surgery unless, like, it doesn't appropriate Asians.
1: <laughs> I read an article <laughs> yesterday about um, the influencer look. Like, there is a commonality between all the, I guess, like, beauty standards in the day of, like, or in the modern day of influencer culture, they say, like, this um, plastic surgeon, he says, like, everyone's trying to go for a ambiguous, racially ambiguous look. Like, if you look at the Kardashians and stuff, they will pass off as like latina sometimes because they look so racially ambiguous and Mm -hmm. um like they say the doctor said like uh the standard now is a more native american um bone structure like cheekbone like very high cheekbones and um the upturned cornered eyes are south asian and a caucasian looking nose and um black african-american um lips that's Mm -hmm. like the standard beauty standard you know for Mm -hmm. the entire face i guess and yeah and you achieve that through fillers and um botox and more pervasive procedures and it's just i don't know it's honestly problematic because those features when naturally on people of color bipoc um those features like we were made fun of for like as asian americans like the upturned eyes or you know um Yeah, and I feel like for the black communities, like the lips, you know, and everyone's, all the white people are trying to get lip fillers to like overfill their lips now um, when that used to be a racial slur.
0: Dude, yeah, I'm looking at Kim Kardashian now. I'm like, yeah, she looks like what you're describing is pretty much everything. It's like there are different elements of like different races that are like, you know, historically uh, marginalized or literally, like, just you know, taken advantage of, and this is what cultural appropriation is it's literally, yeah, like, re and the only difference is that they're white. and uh, I don't know if Kim Kardashian is white, or I don't even know what she is because
1: apparently she's like she Armenian knows. or something, but she's, I mean, yeah, she's so racial. I, I don't even know, yeah, like, it's. <laughs> White people, they they have evolved into. I mean, before they would just, you know, uh, culturally appropriate like clothing or like other yeah, things, bodies. but now they've <laughs> evolved into culturally <laughs> cultural appropriating facial features and body parts, like literally. Manipulating their face, their bone structure, and muscles. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
0: and selling it back to us.
1: Yeah. Honestly. honestly. Dude. Yeah, that's just fucked up.
0: <laughs> anyway, all the more reason to study more about Chinese culture and learn more about my history,
1: mm-hmm. personally.
0: Um, and do my own research because there's no way that white people can tell me more about my people than my people so I'll just honestly I'm just gonna it's so hard sometimes because I want to talk to my grandparents about this stuff but I don't have the Chinese like nouns to like understand everything but yeah I feel like every time I'm around my parents grandparents I'm like please tell me a lot about my culture like my grandpa writes poems my grandpa's a poet, and he's been writing poetry ever since he was young. So he writes like very complicated poetry. Like you can see, all of the characters are like written so nicely and like thoughtful, and and he'll and he'll be like showing me like all these poems that he has, like books and books and books and poems. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, can you tell me what this means? And he's like, oh, it's too dense for you. Um, he's, like. <laughs> Like, and I'm like, I know it's too dense for me. Can you explain it? Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's just like so amazing. My grandpa's literally talent, like poetic talent. And like, I don't know, my grandma doesn't really have a poet, like, thing like that, but my grandma also writes beautiful characters. And she was the person who first taught me how to write my Chinese name just like at the dim sum table. Aww. You know? Isn't that so cute? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> my middle
0: character is kind of difficult to write, so I had to like learn how to write Jun Huang Jun Hong is my Chinese name, uh, and yeah, um, uh, China, so much so much love for Chinese culture. Time to time to uh, decolonize my brain uh, <laughs> and stop thinking that Chinese Chinese is bad, even though that was what I grew up with and was Wait, very confused
1: Wang Junhong what um what do the characters mean like um, I, it's so interesting because I feel like Chinese and Japanese names they're comprised of Chinese characters and each character means something you know okay. so
0: so my dad gave me my Chinese name uh Huang is just my surname and then Junhong mm-hmm. it's like Jun is uh, made up of two characters. Actually, on the inside, And, like on the left, is Ma, so it's actually like a very fast charging horse. Mm-hmm.
1: So it means
0: like like a like a like a really fast stallion almost. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, and then Hong is just uh, red. Uh, I think my dad said that he just really liked the two colors together, like red and yellow. Hong mm-hmm. Jun, Hong Jun Hong. And,
1: uh,
0: yeah, my dad gave me the name. Uh, when I was growing up, people, like, would tell me that it sounded like a boy name, mm-hmm. which is true, but I don't really
1: mind. I really like it.
0: Um, I, yeah, my Chinese uh, name. Yeah. It's very special to me, I feel, in like my Chinese name.
1: I looked up the Chinese character of Jin in Baidu, and, and it says um the translation it means a horse of the highest quality (laughs) (laughs) that's so interesting yeah yeah that's so cool my name um is zixi so zhao zixi is um, Mm -hmm. my surname is zhao right but zixi Mm -hmm. is like is purple but basically mm-hmm. my my dad he really wanted to embed a part of my heritage and roots you know from the Manchurian side into my name
0: mm-hmm. so
1: actually the Forbidden Palace in Beijing it's called Zijinchen. Um so it has that word it translates to the Forbidden City but that used to be where my family lived and um Yeah, and now it's taken over by the Chinese Communist Party. (laughs) (laughs) With a picture of Mao right in front of it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that was um, the middle character. And then she is um, Kangxi. It doesn't really have a meaning, but it was the name of uh, one of the, I guess, the most um, influential emperor in the Qing Dynasty. He, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he was the best, like highly regarded king from that dynastic era. So my dad added that to my name.
0: <laughs> get it, <laughs> get it.
1: My dad actually kind of looks like him. <laughs> or actually he looks like Qianlong. Long. Yeah, it's Your so dad? weird.
0: Your dad has some dynastic vibes. Like, straight up.
1: <laughs> he looks exactly... Like, I showed a picture. I mean, I show everyone this picture, but yeah. <laughs> um, he actually knew the last king and Pui. And um, the cousin, he gave us a set of books before the dynasty collapsed. And the cousin of Pui, the last emperor... Yeah, he used to... I think it's been, like, decades since my dad saw him. But he was like, you remind me so much of my father. (laughs) You look just like him. And... Yeah, it's so interesting to me.
0: Wait, wait, wait. So this was Puyi is the last emperor of China.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: then he had a cousin.
1: Yeah, they had, like, the... You know how they have like many sons, uh, I or maybe it was his brother. Uh, oh so, yeah, me. the younger brother, because my dad he was born in, in fifty four. So, yeah. why how did they know each other? Because my dad, um, we're Manchurian. So at the time, um, there was this organization called Manchu Society, and. It was basically a organization that paid reparations um, mm-hmm. to the Manchurian people because when the last dynasty was overthrown, the Han majority Chinese people, they were really afraid of... Um, there was like a discrimination towards Manchu people because they were the ruling class and they wanted yeah. to basically kill all of them so yeah. a lot of people fled and a lot of people changed their last names to han sounding names so zhao is one of the most common surnames and also jin like gold um mm-hmm. but my original like Jurchen last name is supposed to be ai xin um In English, it's translated to Eisen Euro. It's really interesting, but it doesn't sound Chinese at all, right? So, um, yeah, so uh, they paid reparations after, like, under CCP um, because they killed a lot of people, and they also stole a lot of land and properties from Manchu people. So I remember when I was six, I went back and... um, my aunt took me to one of the gatherings and they were giving out, like, free pots and pans and, like, watches. Sometimes there were, like, monetary reparations. Um, But they were, like... It it was, like, brand-new, like, um, watch and, like, brand-new pots and pans, you know, for, like, Manchurian families that are left. And your name is, like, on the registry, so they have a record of you. It's super cool. Mm. But, I mean... Yeah, yeah, and we have like a Manchu uh, burial place specifically where my dad's side of the family is buried. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, history is really interesting. I've always been super interested in Chinese history and um, yeah. And I feel like that was a part of me that I had no one to share with um, and talk to about. Because I remember taking (laughs) modern history class in high school and like the Chinese um, dynastic history was only like a paragraph long. I also remember the Japanese internment camp section of the textbook was also a paragraph long. Yeah, Yeah, literally, Um, right? (laughs) yeah <laughs> like
0: a sentence like i barely remember that it was like a blip in time they're like yeah the japanese people were sent to ca- internment camps that's it all right bye next one next thing yeah,
1: yeah. world war one and two like we're like there were huge five chapters units. like yeah. i had to memorize what the um italian like person's name was who Triggered everything and like Napoleon, okay, yeah, 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 Napoleon, (laughs) and then the um prince that was like murdered that like triggered, yeah, that triggered World War One or whatever. Wait, wait,
0: wait. dude, that would be hella funny if there was like a game show where like ABCs were like doing Chinese history versus US history. And like you can just tell how much like ABCs know about US history than like Chinese history.
1: Yeah, that's a That would cool be a concept. hella funny. Yeah. That's such a good
0: concept. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm writing that down. Honestly, it would make a really good YouTube video too.
0: Yeah, dude, that would be really good. Ooh. Next YouTube video. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know if you want to be an ABC on this video. I'm down. <laughs> You would school everyone in Chinese history. You might be no. the best, in the world. <laughs> or we might all be so bad.
1: Yeah, honestly, I don't even remember that much <clears throat> of American history. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I'm.
0: Dude. Yeah. This is amazing. I mean, I learned something. I learned something about you, and I'm really glad that you were able to share this with me because I was never. I don't think I would it's so hard to find places to share this with anyone, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like we're born in America. There's no one, there's all the conversation is about America and like, but there's so much about our family before we came to America,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I wish, I mean, I see like things like ancestry.com or like, Oh yeah. It's like, I know. (laughs) And it's, Especially for POCs, it's like it might be helpful for like white people to figure out their family tree, but yeah, it's useless for us. <laughs> there is literally no way. <laughs> I don't even know oh, where no. to start looking. Have you ever seen one of the, like
0: okay, one time like someone who was Chinese posted. They were like, "I paid a hundred dollars to know that I was Chinese because it literally just says like a hundred percent Chinese Han." <laughs> and so oh my god. You're like, okay, well, I didn't fucking need to give you $100 to tell me that.
1: Yeah, I've actually been wanting to do that.
0: Don't do it, (laughs) it's a waste of
1: money. Because I want to know how much of my, like, jeans are from my dad's, or I guess, like, the Manchu side. Mm -hmm. Because I'm sure it got a lot, like, pretty diluted down the line somewhere yeah but i mean like
0: i mean i don't think that the algorithms have that much i mean the data probably doesn't have that much not like nuance um of like asian like minorities Mm -hmm. and like yeah like literally like i'm pretty sure it just says like Chinese.
1: It'll probably say, like, southern,
0: northern China or Yeah. Something. No! Yeah. I don't even think it says that. I don't even think it says, like, really? the direction. Yeah. Like, this girl <sighs> that posted it, she was like, I just got this. Do not get this if you're Chinese. Because this is literally nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. It would be amazing to actually have one of those that works for Chinese people.
1: Mm-hmm. It's probably in Chinese, but also I don't know, like probably not. If you do it. The CCP is going to yeah. Collect your information. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I don't think like like China really like would be able to have something like this, but like 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 the like the American service version of it, right? Like I think in China they just don't have that yeah. ability to do that. They won't let them do that.
1: <laughs> well, even like the uh 23 Me, like all of the ones in the u.s the government collects our data or these companies will sell it to the government um yeah. and yeah apparently i hear like stories of this girl her random distant uncle got arrested or something because she took the test and they found like matching DNA or whatever, and they connected everything. <laughs> and what the fuck?
0: Yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah, that shit's sketchy. I rather just not know. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll have mm. a friend sequence my DNA, like a friend, you know, who's in a lab or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can do that. Get a friend. Get a scientist friend.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Wick. Wick had offered that in college she was like oh we can like sequence your dna in the lab (laughs) that's so cool yeah but uh, she is no longer in the lab Um, yeah (laughs) but uh wait okay you have to go eat dinner Mm -hmm. is it time yeah but
1: good talk hopefully i can see you soon in person Um, yes yeah, I got my first dose of the vaccine. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going,
0: I'm going to go tomorrow. There's a place that's really close to my house. And so I'm going to go get the vaccine. Man.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for sharing and reaching yeah. out. and Setting this up. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon.
0: Back to you soon, Diana. Thank you for being with me. And I'm very excited. I will probably title this, um, you know what's funny? Because our first episode was called Fuck Confucius. Now it's like <laughs> Confucius,
1: where are you? Who are you? <laughs> Honestly, I still appreciate learning about Confucius, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's great to learn like about our heritage and there's it's all. I feel like it's okay to have like critiques of it, you know, as well. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> okay
0: I'll try to think of an interesting title what do you think but uh, I'll also I'll come
1: up with some ideas <laughs> um I can't think of any at the top of my head but I'll text you okay cool I will put this
0: uh, I will uh, put some music on it and then edit and post okay thanks, thanks. Bye, bye Diana
1: bye. have a bye good dinner bye.